What's up? This is Andy V. Gallion of The Devil in California and Death Angel, and you're listening to Focused on Metal. Turn it up! Hey, Metalheads, Scott here and Richie. Back again for another edition of that, which we like to call Focus on Metal. You know, it's kind of crazy when you think about how long we've been doing this damn show. <laughs> I know. And, and too long. I don't know if I told you. I, the other day, I was doing some work on the website, and then I just, for whatever reason, I decided to just do a little Googling and see, like, who was, else was carrying us. Because we don't interact with a lot of other like stations or anything. No. There's like over 40 carriers for us right now. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. I, I just come down here to do the show <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I don't look around to see where we are. I mean, there's, there's, I, I saw there was one place I went and it came up and it was showing, they had little icon links for everywhere that was carrying us. That page had 35 places on that page. Then I looked because I was starting to look around, and there was still more that I had that weren't even on that page. When you're saying carrying us, what, what do you mean by so that? So when I put a new episode out, yeah. it shows up on that channel. Chan- what, radio so channel? Like, no, so like, you know, obviously Amazon, obviously Apple, but then you have... Oh, podcast. But you have all directors. these other podcast sites that okay. carry us. Okay. Yeah, and there's like over 40 of them at this point. And that's just like the U.S. Because I know that from some of the demographics that there's, we get hit a lot in like Malaysia. We have a good presence in Europe. I mean, it was, it's, I'm like, oh, okay. I guess maybe I have to start paying attention. Nice. <laughs> I know at least one of them, we're like in the top 2%. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> ramblings and it's like yeah it's crazy but uh anyways we're we're back again this week to ramble some more yes we are and uh i know that i tend to like to stay away from this but you suggested it and i'm like oh what the hell yeah so anyways i want (laughs) i want to ask you what were your favorite albums of 2023 off the top of your head can you think of any so I'm guilty of getting so many things in that I can't digest everything, which is funny because I just talked about that a couple weeks ago with consuming music. I can definitely say that uh, that new Primal Fear put that on and hooks, choruses, all of that, like just sunk into my brain. So walked away just repeating those over and over again. That was definitely one that I was one i was really happy that it came out but uh it just it clicked with me and uh yeah i was really happy with that one uh that was a definite i was i think the uh the new joel holkstra one circle of life that that was a good record. another one too that that hooked me in and i played that quite a bit it's probably still the cd is probably still out over there uh as is paul gilbert's uh, Dio album. Uh, that's probably still out over there as well. 
those were those definitely uh, really got into my brain, uh, and I played those quite a bit. And then there were others, but I think probably even by virtue of the fact that they're still sitting out, those were ones that that uh, yeah I, I was really liking. Um, and it might still be. If it's not over there, it's probably up there would be um, Robin's album as well, which was really, really good, Rob too. Rob Macaulay's Alive. Yeah, and so that I played that quite a bit, too. And so that, yeah, that was another one that was that was good this year. It's, you know, it's funny because, especially weeks we have shows and stuff, I spend so much time, I probably spend more time editing audio now than I spend listening to music yeah and where um you know the the add-on cd player i put in my truck is certainly not as convenient as the cd player that was in my charger so i definitely don't listen to as much cd stuff in the vehicle as i did but i yeah it's i think i i find that's kind of a downside is that i spend a lot more time mixing audio than i do playing new music or actually even playing guitar it's uh yeah it, it basically sucks a lot of time away well you can't listen to music editing audio no <laughs> unfortunately no 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 you cannot do that so that you can't multitask on that one yeah um the reason i'm asking you is uh I, first of all i'm curious and we we you said you alluded to it there we don't tend to do this best of thing. I think yeah. we, did, we did it for the first couple of years and we figured yeah. everybody else does. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what I did was, uh, so I'll, I'll post on Facebook, the, my favorite albums of yeah. 2023. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just list off some of them. Um, there was a last in line Jericho record. Good album. Um, there was Overkill Scorched. Yeah. Robin McCauley's Alive was yeah. another one. Uh, my favorite album of 2023 was uh, Winger 7. Mm. I also really like the Extreme 6 record. See, I, that's actually out there. Might even be over there at this point. I I liked it. I think, and I think that fell under the same sort of set of circumstances as 72 Seasons, which is that I heard that first single. And I got all freaking excited because I have basically everything Extremes ever put out, even some stuff that was only ever released. In and Europe. we are, I mean, hell, I've got. We're local to them. I have, and there aren't many of them around. I have The Dream, the original, before they were Extreme. I have that album. So I have everything. And I was psyched when I, with that first single, like, all right. But then, um, And maybe I built it up in my mind too much and I was expecting too much, but, and there's still, there's still some great songs on there, but then there was, it was kind of like, oh, I was expecting more. I was just expecting more. Uh, and some of them, so the other thing to realize is that I have kind of a, it isn't even six degrees of separation. It's more like three degrees of separation. And so for some of those songs too, I know who Gary's singing about. And, uh, so even with that, so I think that kind of played into it too, or it was like, oh crap, no, really? Like <laughs> her? <laughs> oh. um, so yeah, I, I said I was, 
definitely kind of bummed it that it and granted i wouldn't expect them to do everything like that first blazing song they did that's just not the band they are um but i was actually expecting to have something that harkened back a little more to porno graffiti Mm. and this was kind of there was some stuff on there that could almost be like it was bordering on country some of it the album's very varied. It's it is very, very varied. varied. It's got funk, touching on rap at times, just yeah. some heavy stuff, some psychedelic stuff, yeah. acoustic ballads. Yeah. And I was, like I said, I was psyched for it. I mean, I got, I have the limited vinyl. I got it on CD. I got the freaking lithograph of the cover. I was like, all right, this is going to be, plus remembering that I saw them live, you know, a couple times and, and stuff too, and, and, it was like, yeah, they're they're really tight again, and Nuno's still out of his freaking mind, and it was like, okay, so yeah, I, maybe I just built it up my mind a little too much. Yeah, maybe. But the reason I wanted this discussion to go down this path was uh, the reaction I got. Yeah. When shock horror, I posted seventy two seasons <laughs> as one of my favorites of twenty twenty three. Uh huh. Now, there's been a lot of great albums out last sure. year. Yeah. But I really did enjoy 72 Seasons. Mm. And the reaction I got from some people was fucking insane. Yeah. Um, one person asked me to defend my... <laughs> defend. Okay, I, I need you to defend your position as that being one of the favorite albums, right? And I got this spiel in a comment. Yeah. And I commented back. I don't comment back on everything because yeah. it's, it's, it's a waste of fucking time. Yeah. And I said, um, you know, I, I, it was one of my favorites of 2023. Right. Which is, I which just is, have a different opinion to you. Which is the you. key thing is it's, yeah. you didn't say the best album of 2023. Yeah. You said one of my favorite albums. No, which means it's, it's your that favorite that album. That wasn't enough. I had to defend why I liked it to this person. <laughs> And straight away to me, that there's no fucking way I'm doing that. Yeah, it's in, it's insane if I tr- even try and do that. Yeah, they've ar- they already have a position on this album. Sure, right. I'm not going to change it. Right. So I don't have to defend anything. Yeah. So I I said in the comment, I said, I liked it, and you didn't, and the only thing, and I don't have to defend anything, but. Right. My opinion is different to yours, and that that's right. it. And it's probably and somebody that, that person, hasn't liked anything that person went, since yeah. Injustice. Yeah. And that person went fucking insane. And I had some people, actually a lot of people, actually back me up <laughs> by saying that it's just his opinion. Get, exactly. o- get over yourself. Exactly. It isn't, it isn't saying best. It's saying would, your favorite. This person just would not let it go. No, some people have too much freedom. Um, and the, yeah, the other thing was, the band died when Cliff died. Um, the band haven't released anything since Justice. And then, of course, you start going, the Black Album sucks. And I'm like, when, when, when did I bring up the fucking Black Album? Right. But it's a case of any Metallica post uh-huh. that doesn't talk about the first four albums. Sure. They just cause the Black Album sucks on any fucking social media site. Anything about Metallica. Yeah. Um, how can you like, you know, and then, then you get, you know, r- really... Um, this fucking page is a fucking waste of time. And and I'm like, what? The f- what? 
I liked an album and you didn't, and now yeah. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm like, okay, okay go. Fine. Have fun. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to fucking ever meet you. you know? Yeah. I'm like, I remember the days where be like me and you now, you know, you go with your friends, you'd have a few beers, you'd shoot the shit and you'd have a discussion or yeah. even an argument about what bands you liked and what bands you didn't like and you left it at that. And now it's just so easy for someone to go on and just be negative. And it's the same the same tri- tr- trend with all the comments. Yeah. It's always, they sucked after Justice. Yeah. They sucked after when Cliff died. Dave Mustaine made Metallica. That was another one and I'm like... <laughs> What the f- or, or, or the, the other one that keeps cropping up is um, Megadeth or Better. That always seems to crop up somewhere on any comment about Metallica. Yeah. And, and I'm like, who brought in Megadeth? Yeah. I didn't mention anything about fucking Megadeth. And then, of course, they bring it up and they, they start listing off all the albums that the Megadeth albums are better. And I'm like, I, I just said I like 72 seasons. Right. That's all I said. Right. And, of course, it's like, I'm, I'm going to take what you said and I'm just going to go with my narrative. Every time on any site in any comment that's on that any Metallica, yeah, um, yeah, the Black Album always comes up. Bob Rock room Metallica, that, that, that <laughs> all that always comes up. Loads sucks, and uh, um, you know Lars is a shit drummer, and, and it's the same comments all the time, and it's you. I stop reading them. Yeah, after a while, I'm yeah. like, like, you know, I, all I said was. I really like this record. Yeah. And people just attack you for liking something. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? I like it and you don't. And I'm, here's the other thing. I never said in the post that I don't love Kill Em All, Master of Puppets, Justice, and, and sure. Red Lightning. Right? Those albums are always going to mean more to me with Metallica. Yeah. Than anything they bring out now. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can't fucking really like what they bring out now. Correct. You, you, you go... But that's what some people you think. You look at it and say, oh, well, you know what? I'm, I'm happy that they did it. Yeah. Okay. But and, that, and some, oh, hey, I kind of like this. Some people think that because I picked that as my favorite album of 2023. Yeah. I, oh, you must think that that's better than the first four or whatever. I'm like, no. But I don't have to say that. I'm right. just talking about that album being one of my favorites yeah. this year. I mean, really, go back and listen to episode 300 and 301. Where we basically praise Master of Puppets up and down. We had Fleming Rasmussen yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. And we had, was Andy Galian from Death Angel? Yeah. 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 So we had him talk, because yeah. he knew the Metallica yeah. guys. So it's not like, and we had it's the not producer like you on. ignore past stuff. I mean, we've literally done shows on it. We've talked hours about this stuff. And even that, we didn't say, that's the best. It was a, hey, we really like that album. It, that's That's all it is. It isn't. It isn't saying who's best, what's best. It's you happen to like it. Yeah. You can, and you know what? Everybody can like something different. Yeah. But you don't have to get personal with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and a lot of people were respectful. Yeah. Disagree. I, I don't have any, any issue with anybody disagreeing with me about anything because I even said it in one of the comments. I said, look, I will never shit on anyone else if they like something that I don't. Yeah. Because I understand, I've been listening to metal now since 86. And I have a lot, I have a couple of close friends, right? Yeah. We don't all like the same stuff. Sure. Right? Yeah. That's what makes metal great. Yeah. Right? Someone put a comment in on, on, on a Metallica post I did a while ago, and I think they summed it up for me really, really well. They said that 
if I'm in the mood to listen to load, I'll listen to load and get something out of it. Yeah. And then another day, I'm, I won't be in the mood to listen to load. I'll yeah. listen to Master of Puppets. Yeah. And I'll get something out of it. Yeah. And that I felt that that was the way. And, yeah, it is true. I mean, think about, like, you know, Death Magnetic. So when Death Magnetic came out, and I think, I think Jay and I did a show on this too, is, is I really, I didn't like it. I really didn't like it. It just because it didn't speak to me. It had nothing to do about, you know, producer or after. It had nothing to do with any of that. It was just listening to it as a musician. And it just, it didn't speak to me. But then a couple of years later, I'm just driving around and I went, huh, I popped it in. And whatever reason, that day it was like, oh, I heard something different. Clicked. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't going, oh, this is Metallica's fucking masterpiece. It was just, oh, I kind of do like this album. Okay. And it, you know, again, I didn't put it on the pantheon of great albums. It was just, okay, I like that. That's all. Yeah. You know, it's mm. it's that simple. But people have this, they have this opinion of the band that started years ago. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how good the music is now; they they feel that they have to say it's shit. Yeah, to, to be consistent. Yeah, this is what I I believe this with some of the people. Um, you know, they sold out on the black album, so everything they've done from now until then is shit. Yeah. Um, and there are other people out there that, you know, some. You see, I there's a, some of the load that I like and some that I don't like. Yeah. Right. I'm not a huge fan of Saint Anger. Oh, God. Right? Yeah, but yeah. there's people that love that album, but I don't go after them and say, right. how the fuck can you like that Defend Yourself? Although I think everybody hates Lulu. I hope they oh, do. Oh, yeah. Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, there must be somebody who likes it. But, yeah. yeah. But again, I, you know what I we kind of, I think about though too, is that it, it must suck to be so narrow in your opinion of what's good or acceptable that you probably can't even intake anything else. Or you have to go after someone who likes something that you do not like. You know, so how do you... That energy. Are you that same person too that you, when you go to the show, are you, are you going to... I'll bring Megadeth into the conversation. You go to the Megadeth show and you are upset if they play... Anything off like the last three albums. Like, no, I only want the classic stuff. That's all I want to hear. Everything else after that is shit. Like, and there's people out there that are like that. Then it's like, what the fuck? There's lots. Do you, you know, you, you hear it from Maiden fans all the time, right? Oh my God. I mean, I've complained about it too. But it, it's like, come on. People put out new shit. People change mentally. Their circumstances change. It's People listen differently. Yeah. People, years ago, I know some people still do this, so I'm not saying everybody, but years ago there was an effort to get an album. You had to go to a store. You had to bring it home. If yeah. you had, if it was on vinyl, you had to sit down. You had the ritual of doing it. Yep. Now it's, it's, it's at your fingertips. You might be listening to music. Now you're probably on your fucking cell phone when you're listening to music, so you might be listening as intently. Yeah. And now because you have so much music out there, you're not going to make the same effort to like it. So if you if something doesn't click with you, 
in the first 30 seconds or the first time you listen to the album, oh, that's shit. Yeah, we also have the other part, too, which is that, and and Jay and I talked a little bit of this, too, on a couple episodes back, is the, you know, you had record labels as quality control. And the amount of releases that you were aware of, so there may have still been a lot of Indies You're and things about trickling the out. They yeah, funneled it, yeah. But, there's, but the amount of releases that you were aware of that got advertising money that were in Circus Magazine yeah. and were in Hit Parader and were in MTV, Kerrang! MTV. And, and, yeah, well, that's a whole other dynamic yeah. there. But it's the idea of you didn't have everybody and their pet poodle releasing an album and finding a way to put it out. And you may not, and you may have, you know, have a whole bunch of things available, but your awareness of what was available was also limited. You didn't have the internet. So most of what you were aware of was what was in those advertisements, in magazines, things like that, or, uh, you know, a knowledgeable DJ on the radio telling you what was available. Or a friend. Yeah. Word of mouth. And, and, you know, now there's so many avenues to do it and you, and there's so much of it. So you have, and then you have a, uh, kind of this dichotomy where you have people that are just stuck. And so like the guy that hit me up at the last in line show that had no idea they had three albums of original music out. He was stuck with Dio like, holy fuck. But then you have other people that are like exploring and, you know, asking, like, I'll get people that, like, there's people that work to listen to the show, and they'll ask me, oh, well, you know, what else is around that's like that band or this band or whatever? I'll be like, oh, well, there's this or this and this, and they're like, holy crap. And they go out, and some of the stuff they like and some of the stuff they don't. But, the, like you said, there's so much available now, and it's so easy. It's disposable. And so you have, you don't listen as much. But then I, but then the other part of it is, is, is jackass you experience where you get people that are just stuck with what it is and they don't they don't want to move they don't want to discover they don't want to experience they just like that's it i'm done defend yourself yeah and it's it's no you don't have to i don't want to yeah it's a waste of effort on my part and it's kind of sad on your part that you're asking me i mean it's it's almost like saying like well defend why it is that you love your wife and not that other girl over there. Like, well, because that you do. Period. That's all there is to it. Mm. That's, how, that's what you feel is right for you. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And of course, the, the other one, we'll, we'll, we'll go a little bit deeper into this now. The other, the, it's not to do with an album that came out last year, but it's a, it's a musician. Oh, boy. If you bring up Sammy Hagar with Van Halen, <laughs> right, the Rot fans go fucking apeshit. There is, with, with them, yeah. you can't, you have to like Rot. You can't like Rot and Hagar. Yeah. Like, that's like a, a big no-no. Yeah. But, oh my God, like some of the people in the comments, it's like, what? Really? Oh, I know, it's amazing. Oh, is it's, it's actually it's more vehement. Than it is with the whole, you know, is it, is it, what's better, Black Sabbath with Dio or Black Sabbath with Ozzy? I mean, it's, it's, it's more vehement than that. Oh, yeah. Never mind Tony Martin. Oh, no, but you see, the thing about Dio is, um, 
I think Theo is uh, this is a, maybe this is the wrong choice of word, but he's respected more. I think people just don't like Hagar, um, because they think he took over the band. And well, I mean, he, they it, went in a different direction, and the lyrics became they became a little bit more poppy. It did, and it did. Um, they just fucking hate it. The thing is, though, with all of that, whether you like which version you like or whatever, when it comes to Van Halen, Van Halen is not was not going to do anything that Eddie and Alex didn't want to do. Especially Eddie. Yes. But, they, I mean, the two of them together, that was, you know, those brothers were a force of nature. And, and, and you're right. I mean, look at, you know, some of the other things that happened even when Dave was in the band that, you know, but so to, to, to think that Sammy was coming in and he was going to control the band and make them do something different that they didn't want to do is bullshit. Eddie's not going to do anything he doesn't want to do. He wanted to do it and he got Hagar. And, and it was, was, I mean, that was, it worked. And if you think about some of the people that he was exploring before Hagar popped in the picture, Patty Smythe. Yeah. Obviously, Eddie was, was exploring other other kind of sonic things he wanted to do. And he's, he was continuing to do he that. He got into keyboards. Yeah. Heavily into keyboards. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, I mean, he started as being a classical pianist, right? So, um, yeah, he was always just trying to experiment and see where he wanted to go and stuff. And, you know, I think some people may point out, well, you know, different kind of truth. You get Dave back and you kind of have the old sound. And it's like, well, yes, but time out. Let's not everything on that album. But there's a large chunk of that album that is created from demos of songs they did in the 70s. back in the 70s. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yep, it, it did go back to that thing, but a lot of it is is a is a rehash. Yeah. Mm. But the, the vitriol. Oh, my God. Yeah. Metall- I'd have to put Metallica 1, Hagar being in Van Halen 1A. <laughs> with the, with the, the vitriol in the comments, yeah, yeah, um, it's just people just won't let it go. And the other one, this is this is really it's more of a recent one. Um, Sykes, uh huh, and Whitesnake, yeah. Um, you you bring up Whitesnake, um, and there's some people just won't let it go with Sykes, no matter which album I bring up. Yeah. Oh, doesn't exist. Sykes wrote all their best songs. He's, <laughs> he's not on it. Um, they've only one album. And that's their best album. And he, he, that's all he plays anyway. So the rest of them don't count. Even even if the fact that some of that stuff that's on 87 doesn't was matter. written, like, even back yeah. on, like, Saints like and Sinners Sinner, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's Sykes. Sykes made Coverdale. So, some person put a comment on it. And I actually commented back. And I don't think I got a reply. Um, that Sykes was the best thing that ever happened to Coverdale. And I said, well, I would say that Deep Purple is the best thing that ever happened because what was he, a tailor or a, a clothes shop? Or something. Yeah, yeah. A clothes shop. Yeah. And then he yeah. ended up playing in front of 50,000 people. Yeah. So I'd, I'd actually put that a little bit higher as, in his career, as a career change yeah. than getting John Sykes in the band. Yeah. Now, Sykes made, made one record and he sold a shit ton in the US. They but, did. But 
I think Deep Purple will be a little bit yeah. higher on the food chain when it comes to having an effect on Coverdale's <laughs> career. Yeah. Because he, he would have been, he, he was a nobody. Yeah. And Deep Purple gave him a name to form White Snake. Yeah. And then it, it, it went from there. But, oh, the Sykes honks. Oh, my God. And of course, the, the thing I, I, I chime in, I, I, I'll, po- I'll gladly poke the bear when it comes to Sykes and say, um, well, why wasn't Blue Murder a success then if he had all their songs? Oh, oh they blame the label. They blame the label. Uh, we blame Bob Rock. I'm like, okay, so they'll give Sykes all the credit for the 87 record. Yeah. And none of the blame for Blue Murder. <laughs> right now, what? <laughs> I was like, Re- really? Okay, so that's, that's where you're going with this. I'm like, okay. So, of course, I brought up... Um, yeah. And why isn't there any more Blue, Blue Murder albums? Well, yeah. out of Carmine's mouth. Yeah. We can't get John out of the house. Can't get him out of the house. He's living off the fucking royalties from the yeah. 87 record. Yeah. Um, but the the other post I put up was... Uh, I don't know... Hey, why didn't Tigers of Pantane take off like a motherfucker <laughs> when John Sykes was in the band? Explain me that yeah. one. I don't know whether you're great. aware... He's a great player. Yeah. But, and and... I was only a one Thin Lizzy album. Yeah, I'm confused. Well, that, that, no, that that was brought up as well. But that, I think the Lizzy thing was, you know, Phil and Scott were out of their fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right. They, they, I, yeah, they pushed it as a farewell tour, just, and they were so just, out of it. They I'm just pulling a bit it. with that one. I know. Yeah. Um, but of course, I posted a picture of uh, in '94. White Snake went out on a Greatest Hits tour, and Warren D. Martini was the guitar player. Mm. So it was Warren and Adrian Vandenberg, Rudy. Yeah, uh, Denny Carmassi who played on Coverdale Page. Yeah, and and Coverdale, and I can't remember the name of the keyboard player. And I said that uh, I would, I wish Warren D. Martini or this lineup had a written an album and recorded an album. Mm. And of course, the, the usual comments: <laughs> Why bother? Sykes isn't there. I'm like, fucking hell, let it go, will you? <laughs> let it go. It's fu- he was let go in fucking '86 or something like that, and you're still on about on about that. And um. Pretty sure that our buddy Doug Aldrich wrote some pretty good songs with David Coverdale. Oh, that was another one. It's not his. That's another one that came up. No, I I posted about Doug and uh, no, it was and Reb, and um, yeah. And you got to realize too that 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 '87 album. And granted, I don't take anything away from John. He's a great player, brilliant, and he's got really good sensibilities. And he's great live too. Even saw him um, when he. When they Thin did Lizzie. that Thin Lizzy thing. I saw him with yeah. the Thin Lizzy thing, too. He did a great job. But it's, you have that confluence of, you have that album with, we'll call it a new sound. It was a loud sound, right? It was, it wasn't light and shade. It was in your face, right? It was the, it was the change over to the beginning of the Loudness Wars. You also had MTV. So you had that perfect storm of all of that. And radio was playing what MTV was playing as well. And they were part of a big movement where all of a sudden they got lumped into all the hair bands as well. And it just took off from there. David's continued to put out great albums, but there is no more MTV. There is highly programmed radio that will not ever play a new White Snake song again, ever, period. It's not going to happen. So there is none of that underlying push that was there before. So it's just basically the people that love the band is the reason that David still puts out albums. It's, hmm. it's I mean, it's that simple. And he doesn't have shit players. Reb is not a shit player. Joe Hoekster is not a shit player. He's never had shit players. Yeah. You look at the, 
you look Bernie at the guitarist, was not he's a had, shit player. He's had Steve Vai, and the, oh, the post I put up, I, I believe it was Christmas Day. I said on whatever I think it was two thousand and two that um, Coverdale announced his new lineup of White Snake that that had um, it was Reb, Doug yeah. Aldridge, it was Tommy Aldridge, yeah. um, Marco Mendoza, yeah. and I think it was Timothy Drury. And of course, it started. <laughs> oh, doesn't sight no sykes waste of time. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with you? And then, of course, people started chiming in saying, fucking Reb's a great guitar player. Yeah, yeah but Sykes wrote all the be- all their best songs. All of them. You know, the usual fucking yeah. honk, right? And um, I've, at this stage, I was just laughing. Yeah. You know, I'm, I, I, like, so cover, the, the, the other tack that they took was um, Sykes wrote all the songs for 87. Coverdale didn't have a hand in writing any of them. I'm like, What? You're serious. <laughs> you know, oh, he's, Sykes was the only talent in that band. I'm like, Coverdale can't sing. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He's only a garage singer. That's what one person said. <laughs> David Coverdale is a, ga- a, a garage, as you see over here. A garage singer who got, who got lucky with John Sykes. It, his, his voice isn't as good now as it was, but none of ours are. But the predominance of people that bought the 87 album hate to say it, they weren't doing it for John Sykes' guitar. They were doing it for Pretty Boy David. Mm. No, it had, the, it had the songs. It did. Mm-hmm. But, but a lot of the songs, but, too, like I said. Here I go again. Saints and Sinners album. It was five or six years before old. Crying in the Rain was yeah, on Saints yeah. and Sinners, wasn't and, it? And granted, they were a little bit slower. They were dirgier and, and stuff. So, yeah, so John helped to rearrange that for the American market. But he didn't write that song. He didn't write anything on Slated In either. You know? He just added guitar after yeah. the album had been written and yeah. recorded. But people have, you know, they have this selective memory mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah, you know, Sykes brought, wrote the best songs for Coverdale on Slated In. And like, yeah. he didn't fucking write anything on Slated In. Yeah. You know, he came in after the fact and then added some guitar. And, ly- and, and that, again, that's the guitar parts too. John was writing lyrics. That's Coverdale. Mm. You know, that's but- his classic double entendre yeah. like lyrics you know it's it, yeah what was it, it. it Reb, Reb said to me I, I, was, I was interviewing Reb and I asked him the difference between the way Kip approaches songwriting and Co- and Coverdale and he said that Kip was very structured he and, is yeah but he said with, with Coverdale he comes out with these songs that you know you, you listen to him and it's like oh, that sounds really kitschy and then you're singing it in your fucking head for the next three days yeah you know it just sticks and yeah like, Fucking hell! Where the fuck did he come up with that? Yeah, and he's—I mean, there's a guy too, and this is why he works so well with Doug. He, he, if he has a collaborator, Doug's been a great collab, was a great collaborator with him. Like stuff just clicks, and he starts coming out with these things. And, and if you're that kind of that bluesy player, which is you know, John was—that's what Doug is. That's what Joel is. It's you—he clicks in with that, mm. you know, okay. and it matters. But okay. it's—but it was. It, is John the sole like blessing to White Snake? Fuck no. Well, for some people, it's to be all and end all. White Snake have only one album. Yeah, and they just can't. You know, they just have. You know, for some of them, I think that if they, you know, if John Sykes stops suddenly, their nose would be brown walking behind <laughs> him because he'd be so far up his ass. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't post this year that one of the things I was hoping for in, in the following year was Sykes to come out with new music. I just stopped saying that. Yeah. 
because uh, I think we'll never get anything out of the guy again. And it's sad. The guy's super talented. Um, who's who's going to release something first? Mick Morris. Sykes or, or Vinnie Vincent? Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> well, you need to pay, you need to, pay $200 to join his Facebook group to find I, I, out. I commented back and I'm like, I, I, th- I think Mitch posted it and I commented back, who the fuck is paying for this shit? <laughs> there are people out there who are deluded enough. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Unbelievable. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Vinnie Vincent. So you got Mick Mars with a new album coming out. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be honest. I don't really have any interest in hearing any new Motley Crue music at all. Um, I think what it's going to be is the usual shit. Let's tack on a couple of new songs onto another Greatest Hits album. Mm. Um, I uh, mean, I'm, I, I really like John Five. Oh, he can play He's anything. He's super talented. He's and just a really good guy. But for that alone, I'm curious just to hear it and see whether or not they allow him to do something with it. Because he, I mean, he is steeped in a lot of different stuff and he's a really good guitar player. That's what my interest is. In hearing him play? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really interested in hearing Vince Neil's vocals. Because I know they're going to be uh, slightly, uh, slightly, slightly touched up. Remember the story Ron Young told? I thought that was hilarious. Ron, Little Caesars, yeah, Ron yeah. Young. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell that story here if people haven't heard it. Focus. So Ron Young was doing the Little Caesar record in Little Mountain. And it was the album after Bob Rock had done Dr. Feelgood. Yeah. And so Little Caesar arrive up to Vancouver and they start tracking everything. And Ron told me that there was a reluctance from Bob Rock to start doing vocals. And this went on for a little bit and eventually Ron decided, "What am I doing something wrong or why isn't he trying to see track some guide vocals or anything like that? So he said he went up to Bob Rock and he broached the subject of why aren't you trying to do any vocals? And he said that doing Dr. Feelgood with Vince Neil was such an arduous task that he was, in a ways, afraid to tackle vocals afterwards. <laughs> so he said, Ron said, Bob brought him into this room and he pointed at a wall in this room and he said, from the left to the right, all along that wall, he said, they're all tapes of Vince's vocals for Dr. Feelgood. And he said what they had to do to get a vocal performance out of Vince was take a syllable from this tape, a word from this tape, maybe half a line from this tape, and then like a, a word from this tape and, 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 and all the way along down the wall yeah. to make one track, one vocal track yeah. that was yeah. consistent. Yeah. And he said, I didn't, I was hesitant to do it again. And Ron said to me, he said to Bob, Bob, I'm not fucking Vince Neil. <laughs> so that's what Vince was like back in '89. Yeah, to get vocals out. Right. Now he's now, of course, he can do it all digitally and fucking auto tune and all that. Because that, and that, I'll be honest with you, that's one of the reasons I really have no interest in hearing Motley because yeah, I know how much of it's going to be real. Yeah, you know, I'm sure Tommy's playing is is real. Nikki, <laughs> whatever you whatever you want to believe, John Five can play. Yeah. Vince, 
Is that you really singing? Is it that you singing really? Oh, and then, of course, the, the the promotion at the moment. Of course, Tommy Lee says the new music is insane. Yeah, well, yeah, he's, and he's sixty Tommy years Lee. old. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. fuck's sake, Tommy, sixty. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, speaking of Lint Mountain, too, just so people that haven't been with us forever, we did do an entire project on Little Mountain. What 2015? Yeah, the ten episodes. Ten episodes. In, out, left, right, backwards. We delved into everything, got an amazing guest. And you can find that on the website, uh, focusonmetalpod.com. And you can look up on the projects menu. You'll see Little Mountain. They're all grouped up there. So fantastic, fantastic series we did on Little Mountain. And also, believe it or not, I think last week, two weeks ago, I actually stumbled on a Little Mountain documentary on YouTube. My friend sent that to me. Is it any good? It is really good. Is it long? Is it is it ex- it's like an expensive? hour? It's like an hour, maybe a little more. Any of the guys we had on it? It was. Is Mike Fraser on it? Yes, Fraser's is on Bob it. Bob Rock on it. Bob is on it. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, um, and they're they're at the studio. I mean, obviously, it's not Little Mountain Sound anymore, but they're they're there. What's in there now? And it's not it's a apartment, studio. It? No, it's not a studio. It's, it's a studio again. But they go out to the loading bay. They explain how it was set up. Nice. They go to the back alley. They show the door. They talk about some of the different rooms. Any archive footage in it? Yes. Yeah, because it's I, good. It's good. I've in seen fact, some with Aerosmith. One of the um, yeah, it's funny because you see the you see the pictures of Frage working on Aerosmith's album, mm-hmm. and then you see him here, and it's like, oh yeah. We all got old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's it's really good. And if you remember, who was it? Um, was it was it Ron Off? Somebody sent us Ron from Eulen. Yes, sent us a whole bunch of pictures. Ron from Eulen. And so the one with with the guy sitting in the middle of all the tapes. That's on that show. Yeah, that's an awesome yeah. picture. So, um, yeah. So that might have been Doctor Fielgo doing the Vince's vocals. <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, so yeah, check it out. But again, yeah, if you want to, you want to check that out. It's it's like I said, focusonmetalpod.com. dot com. Up on the top menu, you'll see one that says projects. Go down, you'll see among many of them that we've done. There's one for Little Mountain, and there's just a whole bunch of stuff. And we've got pre- pretty much all the major folks that were there. Um, yeah, it was one of the first times we were actually we actually got Bob Rock, who does almost nothing for podcasts, uh, came on and was was awesome with us. I think he was in the car going to a cult session, I think. But yeah, it's As a great project. Do. Take a listen to it. As you do with Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got nothing else. That's All right. it for me. All right. Well, for me too. So with that, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for myself and... Richie. Have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again, as always, remember... Focus on metal. Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.